2: Lee, it's, the, it's the lead play in our in our offense. Come the tackle, you take the defensive end if he's over. If he's not, he drives down the first man who is inside. You pull back and tell him take the first man outside, the offense. No one shows. You're right by them and field inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. Comes all the way around. If you look at this way, what we'll we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this way in the alley.
3: What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on packer.net.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore Access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay, fellas. How was your day? Let's go. Let's start with you, Jacob. What was your day like today, man? A nice little lazy Sunday afternoon, or did you, uh, did you have to work?
4: No, dude. I've had to work. This has been a kind of a hell week. It's been uh six weddings in three days, and uh today, and then tomorrow we have a a lot of catering to do all day, but, 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 but it was uh Packers weekend, man. So I can't complain. Man, I get too. Uh, it always
3: makes it, makes it a little more tolerable, doesn't it?
4: Yeah. We Ready got to, PFS go. to talk about. We're good, man. Ready to roll.
3: Tim, how was your day, bud?
0: Great, man. Great. Uh I didn't have six weddings to go to like Jacob, but Hey Jacob, that's okay. That must mean love is in the air.
3: Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there.
0: That was pretty good. <laughs> All right. No, I had a good day, boys. I got a little yard work done, you know, cut cut the grass. You know, I uh I took a break from the Daddy Sodas. Had had a Coca-Cola and got some yard work done today, so feeling good.
3: Well, I picked up where you left off, man. I got in the pool today and I got a couple uh Sam Adams Oktoberfest deep. And next thing I know, I'm being woke up by a thunderstorm. I was asleep and afloat and didn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> running the house before I got shocked, but that's the way it goes. Let's go to the chat here, real quick. We got Kevin in the house. What's up, Kevin? Glad you can make it live, man. Richard um in the house. Eric, Eric, it's good to see you back in here, buddy. I know you guys have been battling. I believe it was some storms, had some stuff uh passed through. Glad to see you in here, man. I'm guessing things are getting a little bit better. Appreciate you dropping by. Um, let's see Brad in the chat. We got Dakota, we got Sopro. We got a full house, fellas. We got a full house. M. Smitty back and uh, Simon in the house. All right. Let's do this. Let's kind of dive into some of the uh, the PFF grades. Y'all good with that, fellas? You want to start right there?
4: Let's do it. All
3: right. Let's go offense first, all right? Um, you, sh- you guys should be able to see this on the screen. Here were the PFF grades from yesterday's game, all right, um, against the Seahawks. Coming in first, tied for first, I should say. Uh, Jada- is it Jadakis or Jadakus? Jada- Yep. Go ahead. You're the, uh, you're the resident uh, expert on name pronunciation there, Jacob. How do you say that?
4: Yes, that's true. It's Jadakus Bonds. Jadakus. All right, got it.
3: Yeah. 79.6. We had Austin Allen with a 79.6. There's your boy. Alex Magoo with a 76.8. Jordan Love, 76.1. Zach Tom, 75.1. Josiah Aguara definitely love seeing that, 73.1. Rasheed Walker, 72.0. Cody Crest 69.3, John Runyon 68.8, Patrick Taylor 68.6, Sean Ryan uh, 68.0, Luke Musgrave 64.5, Samori Torre 64.5, Sean Clifford 63.8, Nate McCrary 63.1, we got Telford at 63.1, Elton had kind of a rough day, of course he didn't play very long, 62.8, Josh Myers still just can't put it together, 62.7. Malik Heath, yeah. according to the grade, uh, is uh, is kind of down. And you, and like we mentioned yesterday, I think he had seven targets and four catches. I told you guys I hadn't had a chance to go back and kind of look at those specifically and see whose fault those those incompletions were. PFF seems to think that he had a, a little bit less of a day than he had in the past. And, of course, Caleb Jones, a 59.6. What sticks out to you guys with those grades right off the bat, fellas?
4: I mean, I'll first off say that I think Jada Bond's is a practice squad lock right now. Um, The guy just seems like a super good dude. He just seems like a Packer, big size, big frame. He can block. He seems like he can catch. Uh, So I think that he just kind of solidified himself on the practice squad. Austin Allen, big question mark. Isn't the guy like six, eight, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's just a freak of a man. He did look like, I think it was one of the touchdowns that he had like a a seal block or something like that. So um, I'm excited to see, him perform. And I think that that tight end three spot is, you know, I I don't know who else would be there. It looks to me as if Josiah DeGuar is going to be solidified as that fullback role, H back role, I guess, whatever you'd call it. So to me, I saw most of the time when I've watched, I think I saw, I don't think it was Paul Brettel, but maybe it was Bill Huber put out a a 53 man mock today and they had us keeping three tight ends, but he only named two of them. And he said that the third was like a TBD, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Ryan talked about on his podcast how there's a few uh, Fumagalli who, yeah, if you guys are Badger fans, he said that Troy is um, one to maybe keep on your radar. There was another guy, oh, was it Dan Arnold from the Eagles? And I believe he did get released today. So maybe Ryan's a little bit of a wizard and he's looking into his crystal ball and we end up uh, signing one of those guys. So you know, that's just something to keep an you eye sure out. Just, yeah. You sure about that? You sure about? It? I'm just saying. Uh, it's nice to see that Magoo came in and had some decent, um, some decent, uh, some, some, you know, I think he almost had like the, what a full quarter, which is probably not what he would have had if, uh, Clifford would have had that little bit of an elbow injury there. And then Jordan love 76.1 Clayton, you talked about how you could maybe pull some stuff up on the fly. What is his overall average now for the preseason? Do you, are you able to find that by chance?
3: Jordan loves on the preseason. I'll get right on it. Um, don't let me forget. I'll go back to it as soon as I finish talking about this. I just wanted to mention Austin Allen, your boy at tight end, run-blocking grade. Had 17 run-blocking snaps, if I'm reading this correctly, 77.6 run-blocking. That's hey. that's pretty pretty darn impressive. I'll go look that up right now, Jacob. you guys carry
4: on. Gotcha. Um, and then Zach Tom at a 75.1, just great to see. And then, again, Jordan Love, like we talked about, 76.1. Clinton's going to get us that average for the preseason. Rasheed Walker, so great to see him successfully – Continuing, uh, continuing his his really great preseason, that amazing year two jump that we're seeing from him, and then Cody Kress, John Running Jr., Patrick Taylor. I think him. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does it seem like Patrick Taylor is running back three? If we keep three, if not, do you think that both Manuel Wilson and him are practice squad locks?
0: I think Patrick Taylor's pretty much solidified himself as RB three. You do arguably debatably. And again, we're not, we're not on the staff. So, (laughs) but, um, I don't know. I, we're pretty much in agreement. They're going to keep three, right? We don't think they're going to carry more than three.
4: I, I would definitely think they don't carry more than three. I would be honestly a little bit surprised if they even keep more than two to be right.
0: So Emmanuel Wilson makes a, makes a great argument for himself though. Um, you know, practice squad candidate for sure. Almost like you said about Jadakiss Bonds. On, uh, you know, on the on the other side there, as a receiver, like he came on super late. That was a guy who struggled early in camp, um, and yep. he, he's kind of caught fire. I would say, you know, like we're talking the last ten to fourteen days here, and uh, you know, so he's he's someone to keep an eye out for. That was uh, that was awesome to see Magoo throw that throw that bomb to him and him come up with that ball because that was that was literally the play he had drops drop issues with during camp so to see him come up with it in Lambeau in front of 74,000 people was uh, was phenomenal so then uh, that's something to watch for sure uh, but hey we got to we have to add the caveat every time we talk about uh, Cody Crest Green Bay Packers shareholder Cody Crest I don't know if you guys are aware of that I that he 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 actually is a uh, Packers shareholder, and no now, competing, now competing now competing for cool. a roster spot as well. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that's super cool, man. Talk about like a reason to want this guy on the team.
5: <laughs> yeah, <no laughs>
0: just, doubt. just to have a, a player owner on the on the Packers.
3: Right. So Jordan Love, um, Jacob, according to PFF, if these are updated throughout the entire National Football League this preseason, he ranks eighth with an 86.7 offensive grade, if you sort it by passing. Um, let's see where he falls right here. He falls 20th at 77.9, still a great grade. And, of course, the running grade, he leads the entire National Football League in running grade from quarterbacks at an
4: 87.3.
3: Pretty impressive. Let's go to the phones real quick here. We got Carly on the line. Carly, can you hear us? Oh,
4: no. Carly's
3: here?
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can hear you.
3: How you doing tonight?
6: I'm doing all right. Just got done power washing a friend's deck this lovely day, and so I'm feeling good. A little bit sore, but feeling good.
3: I hear, that. You guys- I hear that. I was telling the guys yep. I fell asleep in the pool earlier and about got to eat up with a uh, thunderstorm. It was scary. I got a got a couple <laughs> a couple Sam Adams in me, and uh, the old man couldn't hack it. Um, what's uh, what's on your mind when it comes to the Packers? I know we've been chatting a little bit offline. It's good to have you on on the show here live. Um, What'd you think of the game? Let's start there. What'd you think of the game yesterday?
6: Well, this is where I am totally, uh, empathize with what Jake was talking about a few weeks ago, where I'm in the part of Western Wisconsin, where it was not local to me. So the Vikings game was on and I did not even get to see the Packers game. because it was not on my local channels.
4: Yeah, <sighs> It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, <laughs> And I, uh, Jake, Carly, you Carly actually, so she's from, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to dox you or anything like that, but she's in Western Wisconsin, so she's like 20 minutes from where I am, and I'm right on the border. Carly just happened to randomly be at the skydive place, and that's where we met in person. And uh, she saw me while I was at my, like literally <laughs> pee my pants mode. <laughs> like, hey, are you Jacob from like Packernet Podcast? And I'm like, yeah, just don't talk to me for a minute, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna- <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> she coached me through it pretty good and I ended up I ended up making it out. So um th- that's just crazy. Small world, Western Wisconsin, it's not that big. So um and she's also Carly, if I'm not mistaken, is in our PFP Extreme League. And I think we got the oh. last by her brother. Is that not? Is that correct?
6: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to yeah, do my first fantasy football like experience. I've been wanting to it for years but hadn't, but You know, hadn't had a chance, but so this was perfect. I am super excited too because it's really fascinating how how people evaluate players really differs if you're looking at it from a fantasy lens versus the actual how you contribute to the game because some of the most amazing contributions like on defense which I'm learning so much about and has been so cool to pay attention to but yet because fantasy points they don't rack up any points so people that just do fantasy but don't actually watch the game are like well you know this player sucks or whatever and it's like no 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 you're just you're just looking at it through the wrong lens you have to really specify are you talking real football
4: or oh, fantasy no. football We suck again. (laughs) No, that's a great point. That's really a great point. And that's why Ryan is such a hater of fantasy football. And it's like, like you said, Carly, they, uh, you look at a player and he's like, well, he's so good at fantasy, which therefore means he's good at football or he's a good football player. or He's going to help his team win. No, he just maybe literally is just notching up like stats and that's, that's kind of it. But anyways, Mm -hmm. go
3: ahead. Yeah, Definitely. What do you want to talk about, Carly? What you
4: got?
6: Well, I wondered. I did listen to some of the recaps of the of the game for the Seahawks, and I was wondering were there. I didn't hear any of any. Were there any fumbled snaps?
3: Ooh. There was. I don't think there were any fumbled snaps, to the best of my knowledge. Tim, you chime in here if you, if you did see one. the The one that stood out to me, though, I did a chalk talk episode this morning, and it was the Sean Clifford RPO bubble screen to uh, Tucker Craft. And he literally had to catch it off his left kneecap. And I'm like, all right, what center botched that? Because, you know, Sean Clifford's in, you think it's backups. I'm almost positive it was Josh Myers that was in at center. So uh, he just continues to struggle with that shotgun snap, which blows my mind because, like, it wasn't an issue for him in college. And and he just continues to struggle. So, um, but to the best of my knowledge, Tim, do you remember any botched snaps other than, like I said, we had that low one there to uh, Sean Clifford on that RPO bubble?
0: No, I don't. That was the one that stuck out to me. And what a what a terrible time to have that that snap. I could see if it was just a shotgun, you know, drop back and rock and throw. But when you've got moving pieces like that, that's that was terrifying. I, I, I caught a bit of the chalk talk today when you were breaking that down. And when you super slow mode that, you just really appreciate the athleticism of, of Sean Clifford to just A, hang on to it, and B, get the playoff on a, on an RPO of all plays. So thank God that didn't cost us drastically, but no, I'm uh, you know, I was there. I don't, I don't remember anybody uh, booing or anything. It's crazy. I don't think we had any, I don't think we had too many uh, mistakes up there. I mean, we had mistakes on the line, but as far as the Bosch snaps, that was uh, definitely an improvement from uh, the week prior.
3: Yeah. And the thing that stood out to me about him handling that bad snap too was like he, he corralled the ball and still was able to get his eyes up to look at his side adjustment and, and read the backer, read the end to decide if he's going to throw the RPO or hand the ball. It was just it was smooth, man. And, and a lot of people don't realize I, I'm almost positive. I know he's four months older than Jordan Love, which is still mind boggling to me, but also he has taken a ton more snaps than Jordan Love in his football career, you know, from college, obviously, and now being a rookie quarterback. So he's got a ton of experience. It's one of the reasons they liked him. There was a big joke, him coming out of college, that he was like 28 years old or something. You know what I mean? People are always joking, like, this guy's played, you know, seven years of college football. He better be ready. But, hey, I thought it was a good move. Fifth-round pick, you get a guy who's who's pretty seasoned, right? It didn't make sense at the time because it seems to be a low ceiling. But you've got a guy who can come in and and play backup. And we kind of called it all along, obviously. Uh, going into that that quarterback camp but i'm excited to have sean clifford i know if if for some reason jordan goes down i won't find myself going well if we don't have a chance to win because sean sean clifford's shown that that he can really step up when he's thrown into the fire for sure um anything else you got carly anything at all um I'm, i'm excited to see you uh whoop up on these boys in that fantasy football league i know that man i want you to i want you to smack them around for us for sure
6: uh, that'd be that'd be awesome but this is speaking of sean clifford did you guys see on the um like the media the locker room after i think it was or whenever he found out f- officially that he was the backup for jordan Love? did you guys see his reaction at all
3: oh yeah because he found out in the locker room didn't he am i thinking about yeah him?
6: he did yeah on yeah, he, on live tv in front of media yeah
3: he kind of stared away from the camera a minute and was like like you, you could see it hit him right like dang i made it it's, it's pretty, it was a pretty cool moment. If you guys haven't seen it, you should be able to find it fairly easy. It's definitely on the Packers YouTube page, but it was an interview, uh, you know, right there at his locker. And yeah, that was a really cool moment. And, it, and that was one of the big things him coming out of college um, was, you know, Jacob, they, they just constantly talked about how his teammates loved him. He was, he was just a, a leader of that team. And for the people that say he can't play, oh, whatever, it's, you know, it's a washed pick. The He is the very reason that Will Levis had to transfer to Kentucky because yeah. he will levis could not beat him out for that starting quarterback job now does that what's that say about levis i know this he was a first round talent he was taken with what the first pick in the second round if i remember correctly so he, he had a first round grade on him i guarantee you that um so says a lot about sean clifford for sure Jacob, you got anything say- else for carly before we oh. let go Oh, go ahead, Carly. I'm sorry.
6: Sorry, Clay. I just wanna I just wanna say I might be totally wrong on this, but I'm actually I saw him and I took it a little bit different than you did with his facial expression and body posture and everything. I actually thinking was thinking that he had these kind of hopes of coming in here and being able to show Jordan love up and beat him out for the starting place. Cause he actually didn't, if you look back, he didn't actually seem all that thrilled. He seemed a little put off. And then he said, well, you know, it doesn't make any difference. I always have wanted to, you know, prepare like I'm going to be like, I'm the starter and I'll still put in my breast preparation, which is like awesome to hear. But if you think of it, he's wasn't he a four time like captain at his school and this, like he is used to being on top. And then to come in here and play as well as he has in this preseason, and then to be told in media that he, you know, that he was going to get the backup job, which is what we all expected. But I think maybe he had a little bit of naivete in that, thinking that he was going to be have a chance to be a starter. Anyway, I just thought I thought he answered it really cool, but I thought it was just kind of an interesting facial expression from him, and I hope that he knows that they're doing him a favor. Like I think a bunch of the rookies that end up starting, they end up crashing and burning because they're not supported and they don't have the time to learn the offense. So I think they're doing a good thing by him. I just don't know if he realizes it yet.
3: Got it. You know, it's, it's funny. I didn't look at it through that lens. I, I'm going to have to go back and watch it now because the, the way I kind of took it was it was it, they kind of caught him off guard with the comment. But I didn't look at it through the lens like, oh, really? You know, I'm competing for a starting job here. That could have been the case. Very well could have been the case. But, um, Jake, if you got anything for Carly before we let her go, any questions? Uh,
4: That's actually a good point. Um, And Sean has that dog in him. When you watch him talk, he is not – it's a weird confidence. It's not like a – it's not a flashy, like a very, you know, in-your-face kind of I'm better than you, but it's more of one of those like keep talking you know what and i'm gonna show you kind of confidence and he like you watched it i watched uh, i rewatched the game now like three or four times not like fully but through the you know the youtube clip mode and i saw a couple scrambles i got to watch the first like i said every single snap that jordan love played i made sure i got to see that but then i had to go back to work and so i had to listen to it you don't really get the full we have great analysis great great broadcasters that but they don't quite you know you can't just watch the game and listen to the game and get the same experience. Sean Clifford, you saw him try to scramble out to the left and he got tackled for like a, a, maybe a two yard loss or whatever. And you saw in his face, he just went angry. Like he was so he went to death mode. Like you saw laser eyes again, where it's like, he just, he went into beast mode and like Carly talked about, he just kind of has that. I I feel like he has something inside of him where it's like, no, I'm not number two. I'm never going to be number two. I don't care where you put me. Even if you say I'm the backup, I'm the starter. And it's just a matter of time until I come to that fruition kind of thing. And so, yeah, I kind of agree. It, it seems um, – and to be honest, what could we hope for more in a backup quarterback than a guy that's so freaking hungry as a rookie? Like you talked about, a Penn State guy. We have um, somebody protecting his blind side in Rashid Walker, who was with him for – the bulk of his career there at Penn State that's kind of cool to think about that so there's just a yeah. lot of really cool small components about this team that is just freaking exciting like it's just I've never been more excited usually I have like one or two storylines to follow we have like 50 for this team yeah. I mean no it's crazy so yeah and what up,
3: Cliff t- Look. Looking at it here at PFF, he's ranked 26th in the entire NFL with a 77.5 offensive grade. He had 60 dropbacks, and his completion percentage is 71.9. Let me see if I can That's sort good. that by completion percentage. Yeah, I'm gonna, let's see where he falls here, 71.9. His completion percentage, he's 19th. And the people in front of him, half the stats, half the stats, not even a quarter of the, or a quarter of the snaps, not even half the snaps, half the snaps like an eighth of the, yeah. Like if you, if you, you know, broke that down into say they had to have a minimum of 50 snaps, he's probably top 10 in completion percentage. That's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. So, Carly, you got anything else before we let you go? No,
6: I'm just real excited for the season and I'm thankful for, for all the content and teaching that you guys have done that have given me just, it's like, it's like learning to speak another language. It's like now I look at the game and I see things I never saw before. I know you, Jacob, were talking about that. Take your eye off the ball. I've actually been reading it as well. I've been reading like the 2.0 version now because it's, it's updated for 2015. So it's got like the mobile quarterback. It's about a hundred pages longer than the first one, but it has just been awesome to read through that and be like, dude, I actually know what they're saying. I actually understand it now. So I'm, I'm just yeah I'm just I'm loving it and hopefully I don't scream too much and terrify my children when the games come on so Dude,
4: Carly's <laughs> hey, they'll, get
3: used they'll get used to it look at Jacob and Tim they got used to it right? I'm <laughs> sure that's what happened to them too <laughs> uh, yeah. no, it's so funny you said it's like learning a, a different language and you know with my accent trying to uh, explain some of this stuff it's probably like learning three languages along the way but it is what it is. We appreciate you calling in and listen, don't be a stranger calling all year. We're looking forward to talking to you. And like I said, keep me updated on that fantasy football. If, if you need some kind of, uh, I I'm not a big fantasy football person, but I will invest the resources to get you everything you need to smoke. <laughs> so, so please, I, I
6: appreciate it. I I appreciate it because they were not as so forthcoming in the beginning when I was asking questions. But then I learned the ropes. I learned that not a lot goes on in the chat until the draft Real actually quick, happens. Carly,
4: Carly was like, hey, guys, how's everybody doing? Like, do, who should I start here? Who should I do this? And I had to DM her and be like, Carly, <laughs> everything's, you're you're awesome. But guys don't talk strategy. And it's all we hate each other. <laughs> and it's going to be we hate each other. And nobody's going to give you a tip. And if they give you a tip, it's because they're trying to fool you. And she was like, I got it. She's like, I got it.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, came in looking for tips. And the guys, what were like,
2: the hell's going on out here? <laughs> ain't going to happen.
3: It ain't going to happen. Carla, we appreciate you calling in. It's so good to talk to you.
6: Yeah. You guys have a good one. Thanks.
3: Uh, you too. Thank you, Carly. Bye. All uh, right. That was Carly, I guess on the Wisconsin, Minnesota border. Am I thinking right there, Jacob, somewhere around that, that, that area? So that's yeah, sure. good stuff, man. Good stuff. It's so cool getting connected to people. Um, it's awesome. We get the best fan base in the world. Let's uh, let's see here. Let's get back to the chat real quick. Then we'll pull up the defensive PFF grades. If that's cool with you guys. Garrison says the top preseason snap leader for offense and defense were Rashid Walker and Carrington Valentine. Who do you think gets more playing time this year? Man, that's a great question. I'll tell you what, I Tim, yeah. I put on that tape today and broke it down. Actually, late last night I was in here putting that video together or putting the content together to do the live stream today. I was up to like one thirty, And every time I seen Carrington Valentine in on a play, it's like this dude does not play like a freaking rookie. And, and I love what Rasheed Walker's done. He's got a, a ton of momentum, and he's proven that he can be kind of a, a quality backup offensive lineman. And who knows, he may develop into a, a starting quality offensive lineman if Bach doesn't restructure and come back next year. Um, but with Carrington Valentine, man, that, that would be my pick. I think, I think you're going to see him. Um, I think you're going to see him get more playing time this year. I think Carrington Valentine's going to work himself in it. And like Andy Herman pointed out on Twitter, Tim, uh, Carrington is snuck by me. He played a few snaps in the slot too.
0: Yep. And, uh, I would agree first and foremost, I think, uh, to answer Garrison's question there is, uh, yeah, I think Valentine's going to get way more snaps this year, especially with, uh, the question marks surrounding Stokes and, you know, you know, who we're going to have on the boundary, who are we going to have in the slot? Great point. I believe it was, did he get like three, three or four reps in the slot
3: yesterday? I'm not sure the exact amount. Maybe PFF has those. I'll try to look them up. It was a small smattering. Yeah. I just seen that with, with Andy Herman. I was like, Holy cow. So they, they did put him in a slot. That's, that tells you a lot about the player, right?
0: Yeah. And he didn't look, like he was, you know, falling over himself or you know, out of place. He looked uh, at least serviceable in the slot, which, again, to your point, Clayton, for a rookie, is pretty damn impressive um, to be moved around like that. But you know, I think what Carrington Valentine, you're what you're seeing is sheer natural athleticism combined with great instinct for football. Um, he's clearly, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to put the ball hawk label on him quite yet, but he does have some of those traits, man. He seems to always be around the ball, you know? So, and,
3: go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, I was just going to say, it reminds me of uh, of a guy who used to play in Green Bay a few years ago that we knew as a ball hawk all over the secondary in Charles Woodson. So mm. um, to see uh, Valentine just playing this well, but again, like you said, Clayton before, you know, it's so early, man. We got to see this translate week in, week out during the regular season, you know, to really, really get a gauge. But certainly, the the ceiling is very high for this guy.
3: Yeah. What What separates the you know above average players to the good players and the good players to the great players is that consistency week in and week out, putting it together, and and not getting down, not letting it affect you when you do have a down week. Uh, as far as Carrington Valentine, 110 total snaps this preseason, a he had. Four in the box and nine in the slot. So basically, those box defender ones might as well be slot as well. It means they were probably playing zone. He was playing right inside the box. So, to the best of my knowledge, thirteen snaps in that kind of that nickel back position. So, uh, and the fact that his his grade didn't take a huge hit, I don't believe. Let me click on him real quick and see. Yeah, against Seattle, seventy. That was his. That was his best game. A seventy-nine point zero. Well, no, his second best. I'm sorry. He, he had an 89.8 in the first one. He had a step back at 54 against new England. And then of course, uh, against Seattle, he had a 79.0. So I don't know. I, I like the kid. I, I think he's going to have a, a great year. I think he's going to prove to be very, very valuable for this team as well. Go ahead, Jacob. You got anything?
4: Uh I mean, I don't want to change, uh, topics or anything like that. It's still talking about the defense here, but, um, looking at Tim Valentine and how maybe he played, you know, obviously he thought, or we thought that he'd be a starter, but if you look up at the top of the PFF grades for defense, you start looking at some guys that were like, oh man, that's kind of interesting. Like, how are they going to maybe, what, what what does this grade do for them and their chances of making the team for Mr. Marvin Pierre, which was a 90.3 grade, the guy that we (laughs) just signed. It's like, oh dude, but he only, I believe only had like three snaps. So, you know, uh, that's, that's to be expected there. Tyrell Ford, 89.3. I don't really honestly even understand what he does for us. I don't remember seeing him there, but what really gets me excited. And I know you guys probably know this is Brenton Cox, Jr. Sure. Not 6.0 overall defensive grade. Now I will admit he had a (laughs) 28.5 tackling grade. That's bad guys. 24. .4 .4 pass rush grade. And if you remember that play when Benny uh, Sapp Jr. got to intercept that ball, that was 100% because of Brenton Cox Jr. And if I, if you watch back the game, I watched back, like I said, two or three times, just the uh, cut-to-cut play. Brenton Cox Jr. was in the backfield from basically mid-second quarter till the end of the game, and they had him out there the whole time. You watch 57 was in on almost every single play in one way or another. And I really do think that he is going to find a way to be on this team. Followed by him, Lucas Vaness, 83.8 grade, guys. That's pretty freaking exciting to see. And you saw it on film. Um, I don't know if you highlighted it today, Clayton. I didn't get a chance to see. But he had one of those um, where he he didn't lose edge control. He cut it inside. He forced a running back to move outside. And then they got sealed up. He did another one where he went a little bit outside contain, forced the running back to move inside. He got bottled up. He did one where he did a spin move, had a lot of outside leverage, was able to get a clear path to the quarterback if he had not thrown it away at the exact like he looked good. He looked really, really good and he looked confident. And um, I'm just excited, man. It's uh yeah. again Eric Wilson after that, Keyshawn Banks, Corey Ballantyne, Clay Walker, guys that you don't quite know who they are, but it's it's week three of the preseason the final week of the preseason so that's to be except, expected that these guys but after that it's quay walker kingsley and carrington tj slayton kenny clark jonathan ford it's just so freaking exciting man i think for once we saw that our, our front seven that's a they're a force to be dealt with and uh if you guys aren't willing coming, to block those dudes we got some freaks coming at you and we and this is and before John take- gary Think Yeah,
3: and think about the secondary, too. Like, that's, that's what's crazy is, like, you think of the front, and then it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we've got Jair Alexander. we got Rasul Douglas, right? We don't know what Keyshawn's going to do. Quay Walker has been picked by everybody to really have a standout. Like, this defense has an opportunity. I think all the love, all the shine that they got last year, I think it was just one year. Too soon, I think this is the year that everything kind of pops and comes together. I really believe that. And uh, Mike Berry in the chat, I'm sure Carly's still listening. He said, Carly, play your running backs 65% of the time. 65%. 65%. <laughs> that's what we, that is the gosh you take to the bank right there. Um, we had a question here by Cheesehead Murph. I'm excited to hear Tim's take on this. He said, who is the surprise cut come Tuesday? Right? And there's always one, guys. There's always one. Now. Correct. Right understand you think Torrey, wow. It's funny. I was going wide receiver too. You know, the, the question, who is the surprise cut come Tuesday, right? It's gotta be a surprise. It can't be, Oh, well, they're kind of on the, the, the one that would surprise the heck out of me would be Malik Heath. Like mm-hmm. I really feel like he's made this roster and it would be such a green Bay Packers thing that he has just this awesome camp. He flashes in preseason. Oh, by the way, we're not even gonna put him on the practice squad. He just gets cut. <laughs> right? Yeah. It seems like every year something like that happens, but, uh, Tim, what do you think, man? Who is your surprise cut come Tuesday?
0: Well, you just took both of mine. <laughs> Damn.
3: I, just say Brenton Cox Jr. and let's watch uh No, watch I'm James not James I, Explo- no
0: la <laughs> no, la 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 la. Not gonna say that. I'm with Jacob. Um <laughs> he he be I think another guy, we talked about Jada Bond's surging as of late. Brenton Cox Jr.'s had a solid camp and followed by a late surge. I think he would be a practice squad lock hopefully i mean i don't i don't even want to think about him being cut because the thing we talked about all the snaps that he had especially yesterday and it's like the guy didn't look tired man like the guy he looked like a machine like he wanted more like he was almost sad that the game was over (laughs) he, he wanted to keep playing um so, I, the, yeah, man, I, I, Toure is a, is a, would be a great pick there, uh, Jacob, as a shocker, um, because that would be a guy that last year we saw a lot of potential in um, and played pretty well for us. This year, we still see kind of the same as last year. We see the potential, we see the flashes. Um, I, they were a heavy dose sprinkling him into the return game, trying to get him onto the field. Um, that sometimes can be a bad sign.
1: about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase.
0: Now, it's not always a good sign towards the end of camp. If they're peppering you everywhere, It, must, it maybe it means you're on the bubble and they're really trying to see you know, what you can contribute. So I, I think those are both g- good good picks there for Shockers, for sure, those two.
3: Got it. The angry casual fan, Jacob, says, I'm in panic mode with Christian Watson. And he goes on to say, Watson has butterfingers and nobody is talking about it. How do you feel about that? Do you, you think Watson's got butterfingers? I know a lot of people said that that was a drop on that deep pass. I personally think it was well underthrown. Well, uh, am, I, am I giving him too much credit here?
4: I will say – that the truth lies somewhere in between, much like it always does. Um, I, I, I share, I share your hesitance and your, um, I guess you're 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 worried that the fact that maybe we're putting a uh, crown on this guy before he has earned it. He had obviously the first <laughs> the first major drop he had was last year against the Vikings when it was a, a clear and obvious first play of the game. Imagine I always talk about this and trust me, I was. Much like Jordan Love, I was a Christian Watson fanatic before we drafted him. If you look at the uh, the draft stream that we did, I was the guy that was saying, please, please, please. When we got Christian Watson, I lost my shh. You know what? I lost it. But I understood that with that, I took a big, giant grain of salt because of the fact that he his number one issue was he had random drops. And it wasn't like skillful drops. It was just like loss of mind drops. And we've seen that. And we've also, unfortunately, seen drops from Musgrave, from Reed, from Dobbs. So I will say that the one thing that I am more worried about going into this year is that we do not have guys like Devontae, like, you know, even go back to guys of old where it was just if you threw it to them and it was in within reach, you knew that they were going to catch it. And that was just a, a it was a guarantee. Right now yes. we have guys where if you throw it to them, I think they're going to catch it 75% of the time. 75% is not going to make us into a playoff slash Super Bowl team. It might get us 10 wins, but I think that if we want to take a step, then our wide receivers have to man up and become sticky-fingered dudes. So I'm, less-
0: I'm so glad you mentioned Devontae Adams, Jacob, because this is what where my head goes. And I'm quoting myself because when Devontae Adams was in year one and two, I was saying the same thing about him. The, right. the inconsistent hands we drops. Right. And and now what are we saying about Devonte Adams? So, <laughs> yeah. so all I'm going to say is, is I agree a hundred percent with your statement, Jacob, the truth lies in the middle and time is going to tell the tale when it comes to scoot uh, catching these balls. So uh, strap in boys. It's going to be a hell of a ride this year.
3: Definitely. If I'm looking at the PFF grades correctly, sometimes they get jumbled up, uh, sorted by receiving grade on the Packers. Christian Watson is 15th this preseason um, with a 56.1, but his drop grade, he is 6th with a 70.5. So, yeah, I mean, I can see it, angry. It's it's not like a a crazy hot take you got there. Um, he, He has struggled to catch the ball, according to PFF, and, Again, the, you know, like someone else said in the chat, there. Did you see the uh, touchdown? That was a nice catch. It was, you know, granted, it wasn't like a, a crazy difficult catch, but I think you'll be fine. We just gotta team to work on. It. The main thing is Romeo Dobbs being healthy, man. That's that's what we've really got to key yep. in on. Let's go to the phones here. We've got our boy um, Dakota in Tennessee. Dakota, how
5: you doing, bub? Oh, doing all right. Just had to give my six-year-old a lesson in humility, but uh, we're good. Uh oh! Uh oh! Uh oh!
3: Is that something we want to talk about on the air? Or are we just gonna move on to the next
5: topic. <laughs> no, it's actually funny. Unfortunately, he got something from me when I was younger. I was a sore loser, um, and and he thought he could challenge uh, his stepmom in a in a race, and she used to run track. And <laughs> he's six, so he got real mad. Said she cheated, and and <laughs> it was it was the whole thing. He said he cheated. Is that what you said? No. He said he, he cheated. cheated. of cheating, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. My son, yeah, said that. All
4: right, <laughs> all right. I think she was using performance-enhancing drugs, but it, we're not sure.
5: It had to be. That's just it. That's exactly it. <laughs> now, he not
2: only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Dakota? what's uh, What's on your mind, man? We're we're you know, roughly what twenty four hours removed, I guess, from the ball game. More than twenty four hours removed. Um, how you feeling about this cut down? And, and somebody asked earlier in the chat if you want to try to answer it. It's totally cool. Do you have a surprise cut uh, on Tuesday?
5: Oh, a surprise oh, right. cut? Uh, yeah, that I was not ready for. I, I, I think, because I'm not going to go like Malik Heath is my surprise. No, I think they. Well, other than the fact I think they're keeping him. I don't think um, – let's see. No? No, I can't think of one. Not a surprise cut.
3: Okay. Gotcha. What do you uh, – it's funny, Jacob mentioned Torre, and now we got Steven in the chat too. He says surprise cut Torre. Man, i tell you, it's – It's amazing how the receiving room goes from, man, this is inexperienced and, you know, it's a, it's a bottom receiving court and all of a sudden we're going, how the hell are we going to cut the, you know, who are we going to decide to cut? (laughs) seems like they've come on pretty strong. And like angry says in the chat, angry, casual fan says, Heath makes me relax. (laughs) That's a fact. (laughs) Um, What do you want to talk about Dakota? What's on your mind, bro?
5: Oh, um, I know I came in here when y'all were talking about uh, Christian Watson and his butterfingers and, I know y'all mentioned Devontae Adams, which is something I had brought up on Twitter, you know, comparing – not comparing them, but comparing the stories kind of. Um, but also it's just kind of difficult to to connect with that deep receiver. I mean, Rodgers had that issue with MVS, and for a while I blamed him um, completely. But, right. you know, it, it, later on I, you know, I learned a little bit more, and some of it was well, – or a portion of it was miscommunication – Others was, you know, sometimes he wasn't in the spot he was supposed to be. Um, so, like, getting – from my – what I've been looking into it, uh, getting that connection with the deep receiver is kind of one of the hardest connections to make because there's so much room for error. Got it. What do you think, Jake?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what's kind of weird is, like, Christian Watson, for whatever reason – he I don't know if it's if he is he so fast because that was remember what Rogers thing was like oh he can't time him he just doesn't know how to throw the ball to him he's too fast or whatever blah blah and it was the same thing they said about MVS remember they like they can't can't get the timing right he's just so fast that he he doesn't know how to throw the ball to him and it's like I feel like that's not an excuse Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's a real thing but uh I don't know man oh one thing I will say though uh John in the chat says that surprise cut Royce Newman. I don't know if that's a surprise cut as much as it'd be a logical cut. If that makes sense to you guys, where it's like, you see the writing on the wall, it'd be a surprise in the fact that, you know, Goody and the Packers organization does not want to cut ties to anyone because they've spent a draft pick on, unless they have an absolute necessity to do so. So I would think that would be a good one. Um, I, I, did, Newman, I, uh, did Newman pop up on the injury report?
0: Because I know he got he took a shot, I, I, I don't want to say third quarter or something.
4: I thought he came back in and that he ended up playing the rest of the game, but I'm not a oh, Okay, okay, that's good. Gotcha.
3: Hey, I want to give a shout-out real quick to the newest member of the PTA Posse, a uh, YouTube member, Tom Spaulding and, of course, Garrett Stritzel uh, from the last show – both joined the PTA posse, so they put themselves in the drawing for that autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. We're excited to give that thing away week one during the post game show. Dakota, what else you got, Buck?
5: Oh, I didn't have much for today. Uh, I do know that um, I, I know I, w- I had – if you would have asked me about a week or so ago, uh, Toure would have been a, a surprise cut for me. But that's one of those where would I wouldn't be surprised if he was cut – I wouldn't be surprised if he was kept. Like if it if it was five receivers, it wouldn't surprise me much if they kept, you know, Wicks on the fifty-three over Toure and put him on the uh uh the practice squad. And uh speaking of the practice squad, there I feel like there's so many players that people say they won on the fifty-three that they actually won on the practice squad.
4: Um
5: it's it's just a little weirder this year because we don't have a lot of the, you know people that have been here for I don't know a decade which just a lot of folks that have been here forever on the team we have a lot of newer blood so it's 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 more of an up in the air type of thing but I want to be just excited about our practice squad as I am our 53 just about
3: yeah it's always fun to kind of see those guys get their chance and and just you know continue to battle work their way try to work their way onto the roster for sure um, it's going to be fun, man. Tuesday's coming like a freight train, Dakota. We appreciate you calling in, bub. Um, I know Tuesday's going to be a wild show because that's got to be the cutdowns at 4 o'clock. So if you're free that night, definitely call in. We'll get your take on the final 53 there and see how this thing shakes out. It's It still amazes me they have to go from 90 players to 53. Go ahead, Jake.
4: Yeah, and uh, Matt LaFleur today, he went up on the podium just a couple hours before we went live today. And the first question, it was so funny. He walks out and Matt LaFleur. I like that it, he's getting a little more – Confidence in him. He walks out and he goes, All right, guys, I know what you're going to ask me. You're going to ask me about roster questions. Let me just stop you right here and tell you, just like we can wrap this up right now and I can go home or you can keep asking dumb questions. And like, blah, 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 blah. And literally, the first question they go, All right, Matt, so I know you're talking about roster predictions. Is there any way you're going to talk about roster cutdowns before? And he goes, No, not till Tuesday. Like straight up literally said, I'm not going to talk about roster cuts. The first questions, what about the roster cuts? And then he just goes, no. Gentlemen, it th- brings me to my next point. Don't nope. smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, dude,
3: I can't hardly stand to, to listen to the pressers. I'm just being honest, man. There's one, too. I'm not going to mention his name. But the way he asks questions, it's literally. Oh, I know. You know, you. Matt, in the past here in Green Bay, there's been you know, a lot of turmoil, really, around, around specific positions. And, <laughs> And, you know, you get late in the season and things just don't come together and you have to say goodbye to coaches and players and then come back the next year and try to do it all over again. And, and you know, it's it's just something that you, you get accustomed to, but you don't.
0: And, I'm sorry, is there a question I'm
3: just, in there? I'm just, curious, <laughs> I'm just curious, uh how do you feel about your kicker? And I'm like, what the hell? What do you like, and, and literally, it, it, I swear, I think this guy's got an earpiece in, and he just likes to hear himself talk. I think that's all it is. And I'm like, this dude, Coach Lafleur, and this whole coaching staff, they are putting in. I mean, like, 14 hour days, 15 hour days, right? They never leave the facility. They're sleeping on cots in the facility, right? They're like, and they're and they've got to go up there and just listen to the. And and the part that bothers me the most, it's not all of them. Here, I'm on a damn rant. This is your fault, Dakota. I don't know how, but it's your fault. But, and, and and then they have to go up there and listen to these questions. And then those same people that stood in front of those coaches and tried to play kissy face and everything and then wanted to hear themselves talk, will go on social media and just blast Mark Murphy, blast Matt LaFleur, and just talk as if, like, these idiots, they don't want to give us any information. They don't understand anything about it. It's like, bro, lower your freaking ego and think for a second. Let me put myself in his shoes, right? and understand what information he's trying to withhold, what he's trying to accomplish. And for God's sakes, just, just stop trying to badger people for answers that you know you're not going to get. We as fans, we don't want to hear it. We don't. And that's that's the part that bothers me is some of the media members, they could, give, they, they could give two craps about what the fans actually want. It's their opportunity to get up there and shine and hear themselves talk, and it just drives me insane. It absolutely drives me insane. They're supposed to be our mouthpiece, right? They're supposed to be the person trying to get the information that we as fans want, and somehow they turn it into inside jokes and cutting up with each. And it's just like, it's it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Anyway, Dakota, this is your fault. Like I said, anything else we let you go. Bro?
5: No, I will happily take the blame with that uh, for that. I was I was happy to be a part of that. No, that was it. Uh, I'm good. I think that guy you were talking about, he has a wild last name, something like that. But uh, hey, no. hey.
4: <laughs> you sure about that? But not. You sure about that?
5: You got close, you know, I'll tell you that so we'll, yeah. I, I am good I just wanted to pop on for a second uh, But uh, yeah, no, I'm just excited just Excited for cutdowns I'm excited for the the next game The next, what, first game, September 10th? Yeah Is
4: that
5: what it is? I ten, so yeah, it is the 10th yep. That's so far away You know <laughs> so I far that. Away.
3: that two-week bye, man They got to do something about it It drives me insane it drives me absolutely insane. But we'll go back and we'll watch some classic games. We'll fill the void for sure.
5: Absolutely. So.
3: All right, bro. We appreciate you, Dakota. It's always good to talk to you, buddy. You have a good night and uh, try to stay cool. And I think we're, I think the weather's going to cool off here in Tennessee a little bit. Of course, you being out toward Memphis, you guys got a lot worse than we do up here in the mountains. So.
5: Oh, yeah. No, we're good today.
3: We're good today. Good deal, man. Well, have a good night, buddy. And uh, appreciate you calling in. All right. Yes,
5: there Y'all have a nice one.
3: All right. See, man, That's Dakota in Tennessee. Let's do this real quick, guys. We're running out of time. We're at the 47-minute mark. I want to hit on these PFF grades a little bit more. I love when people call in, though. Defensive grades, let's run through them real quick. Marvin Pierre, 90.3. Uh, Terrell Ford, 89.3. Brenton Cox Jr., like Jacob was saying, 86.0. This one got me excited. Lucas Van Ness, 83.8. You guys seen on Chalk Talk. He popped off the screen to me. Um, I thought he had great run run defense reps. I thought he did good on the uh, on the on the punch pulling swim off the tight end there to kind of force that quarterback to get the ball out a little bit uh, a little bit earlier than he wanted to. I think his game is starting to come along. Eric Wilson, eighty three point two, just steady Eddie. Keyshawn Banks, eighty two point seven. That's a guy right there. I wouldn't be surprised if he made the roster. I don't think he is going to, but if he does, I think he's earned it. Corey Ballantyne, 82.2. He showed up. Benny Sapp, the third, with an 81.1. Of course, had the game ceiling interception. And Quay Walker, Tim, my man is steady, dude. Steady Eddie. He's in the upper 70s every single week with a 79.7. Carrington Valentine, 79.0. TJ Slayton, I said earlier in the Packernet After Dark chat on Discord, I said, don't be surprised if TJ Slayton comes out with a solid grade, man. I watched the tape and he was hands down the quickest off the ball. Only one snap I seen another defensive lineman was quicker than him off the ball, and it was Kenny Clark, absolutely annihilating a guard. But his first step, TJ Slayton, is really getting that uh, that timing down, timing the uh, the snap there, uh, playing nose. Kenny Clark seventy six point two, Jonathan Ford seventy five point one, Shamar Jean Charles seventy two point one, Keandre Thomas sixty seven point three, Darnell Savage. Uh, 65.6, Jonathan Owens, 65.2, Keyshawn Nixon, 65.1. Keyshawn Nixon has struggled this camp, guys. There's no two ways about it, playing that slot. that I, I'm almost to the point like, hey, let's just throw the rookie out there, put Carrington Valentine in the slot, and let's roll with it. Isaiah McDuffie, 64.8. That kind of surprised me, but he did have the penalty, which really cost you on those grades. Uh, that that probably that like Tim pointed out, you know, grabbing it should have been a hold. I think they called pass interference. Nonetheless, that probably dropped his grade significantly. Aaron Mosby, 63.4, and then Rudy Ford with a 62.6. Not a good start there. What stands out to you, Tim, with those defensive grades, Buck?
0: Um Corey Ballantyne. Yeah. What uh, what was his uh what was 82. his snap count? No, his 82. snap count. Oh, snap count. Yeah. Let me pull that
3: up real quick. Because, oh, you, you... you
0: know, that skews the numbers, right? I mean, Marvin Pierre's got the highest grade, and he played, what, three snaps?
4: Yeah, I got you right here. Let me uh, 20... let me go get his snap count real quick. I believe. No, I'm sorry, 17. 17, 17. Okay.
3: okay.
4: Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a good dose.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, that stands out. And uh, Lucas Van Ness, man, because he played a ton of snaps, too. He only had yeah, 12. But... Oh, 12. Okay. I thought he played more.
4: They were pretty good.
0: Okay. Yeah, I would say, I'd say Corey Valentine um, stood out. I think, you know, what's really nice about this whole camp is that uh, we certainly know the difference between Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine now, you know, <laughs> like yes. due to, due to the way both of these guys played this training camp. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, but no, yeah, Valentine uh, uh, 82.2 stood out to me for sure. Yeah. Other it. than Bretton so, Cox Jr., of course, who I'm I'm co-signing with Jacob in perpetuity.
3: <laughs> I don't know what that word means, but it sounds important. <laughs> I'm
4: looking at what Tim just said here. So as I'm as looking at snap counts, just because that's a good indication as to whether or not, you know, like we talked about either snap counts, a lot of them at the last preseason game could either mean they want to see what you have, meaning we might cut you, or we want to see what you have because we think you're really great and, depending on how they perform in that situation, it's probably going to depend on whether or not they're cut. I would argue that Brenton Cox Jr. did a very, very good role in the 29 total snaps that he had. There was only one, two, three, four, five. There was only five different players that had over the amount of snaps that he did in this game. So again, you could read that as one of two ways. You could see, read it as that they're trying to give him every single snap. They're not sure. Or they want to give him a lot of snaps because they are sure, and they just want to be sure that they that they're not mistaken. In my opinion, what he put on film and what he did statistically was worthy. I mean, I, I think that I would keep him. If you had to put a gun to my head, and if you take Justin Hollins off the team and put Bretton Cox on, I would totally make that deal, hundred no, percent. Just on would. and contract wise, like <laughs> why well, was not.
3: It's like the old John Madden clips, you know, where, uh, uh, was it Frank Caliendo was putting together an all-time roster and it was just literally Brett Favre, Brett Favre, Brett Favre. That's that's Jacob's all-time roster. Anybody else that's not named Brenton Cox jr. Roadhouse. All right. Our our 10 in the chat says, before you end this, you got to tell us how to join the posse. All right. It's real simple, man. If you go, if you're mobile, I don't know if you're on your computer or mobile, but if you click on the Packers total access homepage, for YouTube. It'll show our live stream right now. If you scroll down just a little bit and if we're not live, it'll be at the top. It'll say um, our members and it'll have a little join tab. You click that and the, uh, you know, the the cheapest one there is $2.99 a month. And that's how you join the PTA Posse. And again, um, I didn't even know that existed. Once the YouTube channel got monetized, it's like, okay, I need to come up with something for members. So what we're doing is some giveaways and uh, just to kind of, People are already supporting the stream, so we thought, okay, let's throw this stuff together. So we're giving away an autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey um, there week one during the postgame show. For second place of the drawing, Jacob's got a uh, patch of an Aaron Rodgers jersey, right, that he's going to he be
4: giving away. a belt jersey with a certificate of authenticity there. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, already got other
3: giveaways, we've got other giveaways teed up as well um, that, you know, again, this wasn't planned, but when people started joining – to support the stream Um, we greatly appreciate it. And I thought, you know, let's, let's come up with ways to kind of give back because it does help. It helps more than you guys know. So uh, yeah, that's how you do it, man. Um, Let's do this special teams real quick. We're at the 54 minute mark. Some people are going, what the hell are we talking about special teams? It's important. It's very important. So let me get that comment off real quick. I apologize. When you look at special teams from last week, or this past uh, yesterday's game, Dallin Levitt, 75.6, leading the way, Eric Wilson, 67.3, Kingsley and Ibarre, 65.4, Matt Orzick, uh, 63.6, Brenton Cox Jr. in fifth place there to 63.0, Broughton Hatcher, 62.2, Keyshawn Banks, 61.9, Jonathan Owens, 61.8, Austin Allen, 61.5, Josiah DeGuara, 61.4. So the big thing that stands out to me right there, guys, Dallin Leavitt's going to be on this roster again. I don't think it's going to surprise anybody, but that's definitely the one that sticks out to me. What did you think about special teams? Uh, Brenton Cox Jr., I think he probably did enough to make the roster, Jake. I really do, man. I know we, we joke about it a lot, but it seems like he's going to be on this roster.
4: Yeah, I, I do too. Um, and I, I really hope that uh, I, that Dallin Levitt, man, I just – I don't know where – like what positional grouping do you take away to make sure that he gets on the roster and it's like – You know, I I got made fun of with uh, Paul because I said, I I don't think that we're going to actually go in with eight offensive linemen, but we could because we have such like players that can play at any given position and any sort of like, you know, but we could go in with, like I said, two running backs. I'd be very surprised if we do more than three or more than two Uh, wide receivers. I think we're going to keep six. Uh, tight ends if we only have two and we have Josiah DeGuarra as our only fullback there's a lot of leeway here to make some like like Green Bay is going to be notable they always have that one or two signings where you're like wow I did not see that I did not even expect that I did not have that on my bingo card I'm trying to, to gauge myself and now what you said Clayton that kind of makes sense it's like Don Levitt that keep like six safeties I don't know maybe five edges i really don't want them if they if they they keep down levitt and brenton cox jr doesn't make this team you guys are going to see a jacob sized hole through the wall over there because i'm just gonna (laughs) lose my mind
3: (laughs) definitely larry in the chat says so much new talent on both sides of the ball should make things exciting in one way or another roller coaster um anything stand out to you tim with the special teams before we go to team grades and then get out of here
0: Um, yeah, I saw another comment there. Uh, our safeties stink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're trying. We're confirmed. trying to cover that up with awesome defensive line play and great middle linebacking and cornerback play, and we'll just kind of ignore the gaping hole in the back end of our defense, I guess. But maybe, maybe just maybe, we keep one less safety to keep Dallin Levitt on this team, and we just make him play safety if we need him to. You know, like that. I, I would rather almost do that and take that approach than to keep you know or or to cut other position groups to keep you know like you you said six safeties my god you know like i i don't know i don't i don't i don't want to do that i think we we'd be good with four four maybe five and we just say hey if somebody goes down (laughs) levitt's got to play safety
3: yeah it's uh I'm not going to be surprised if we have a loaded safety room and it's like, oh, my goodness. The accidental hero. I don't know how you became the hero accidentally, but we're glad that you accidentally did that. Uh, other than the D-line upgrades, how has the run defense improved? It's Here's the thing. If we're playing more man coverage this year, that does not bode well for run defense either. That's another reason why I'm like, man – keep implementing this quarter's coverage, right? You still play man. We still played cover one man a lot last year. Um, but these people that that just want them to, you know, put gyre on the best receiver and play man across the board, man, you get guys' backs turning to the ball, that run defense is going to get ugly. But to answer your question, a healthy Devondre Campbell this year, and um, if he is healthy, of course, and then Quay Walker kind of stepping into that role a little bit more, having a full year under his belt and another full camp I think would – would play a a big role in that. Now, as far as the safeties, you would think Jonathan Owens would be a better tackler than the safeties we had last year, because that's what his specialty is. We'll see. We'll see if it, uh, if it turns out or not. So, um, all right. One last thing here, guys, let me get that off the screen. And the last PFF grade I want to show, this is for the entire preseason. I did the top 10 teams in the preseason, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, This was before their final game, I'm guessing, 83.9 overall. And then in second place, the Green Bay Packers with a 2-1 and record, 83.2. Their offensive grade was a 76.9, passing grade 76.6, pass blocking 87.7 elite, receiving grade 70.3. Guys, that's a big improvement from last year. And I know it's preseason, I got it, but – That's trending in the right direction. Um, Let's see, running grade, 84.1, just like last year, solid with these running backs. Run blocking, just like last year, low, (laughs) 61.3. Defensive grade, 80.2. Run defense, 70.3. Hey, we'll take it. Last year they were consistently in the 50s. Uh, And with the tackling grade as well, which the tackling grade this preseason was 64.0. Pass rush grade, 69.4. When Bain gets back on the field, you're going to see that spike tremendously. Coverage grade, 81.6. And, Tim, I don't know what the hell's going on, but special teams is a 46.2. I'd like to brush over that and not even mention it ever again. But what do you guys think, Tim? You go first. What do you think about those uh, those team grades there, man?
0: Uh, well, you know how preseason can be, man. You know, a lot of times you can play great in the preseason and then your regular season is a dumpster fire. So, I I take all of this with a grain of salt. It is good to see us up there with, you know, teams like Kansas city and, you know, Buffalo. I mean, there's good, good teams in this, in this list here. So, uh, you know, for this, for this preseason to end how it ha- has, and to see what we've seen, I feel better than worse. You know, like there's a, there's a lot to be happy about with this team. And, uh, we have hope going into this season. And it's it's so crazy because we talked about how the mainstream narrative is shifting already because they wanted so badly for us to be down in the dumps and what are we going to do without 12 and this team has got so many young players and there's so many question marks. And what do we see? We see these guys playing together and we see them playing hard. We see them improving and we see this team literally forming before our eyes and – I don't know about you guys, but I feel good about where we are. So, you know, that's the standout overall, T- two and one into the preseason. You know, that's that's a good feeling uh, going into your, uh, you know, your preseason uh, buy here before the the show really kicks off in Chicago. So I think it's good for morale for the team, for sure.
3: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Jacob.
4: Yeah, man, uh, John, I, I I have not kicked the field goal longer than um I think twenty yards, but i will I'm going to give it my best shot.
5: <laughs> but I will
4: say the what what I wanted to highlight out of the PFF grades, out of just the whole performance, guys. I can't. It's one through twelve. So John Runyan Jr., Elton Jenkins, Sean Ryan, Royce Newman, Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, James M. P. J., Josh Myers, Josh Neiman, Kadeem Telfort, Emmanuel Wilson, and AJ Dillon. Out of one through twelve. The lowest grade of pass blocking is in that 12th slot for A.J. Dillon at a 75.7. The highest is John Runyan Jr. at 85.3. It goes 85.3, 84, 83.8, 83.8, 83. You get my gist. We have a massive amount. We have almost 14 players that are in what you would call really, really good territory. We might have the best pass blocking offensive line in all of football. And not just the line, we're talking tight ends, running backs included. That's a massive, massive benefit for Jordan Love. The One of the reasons, well, if he does succeed to the point where he has a massive ceiling, like we've talked about, is because he has time in the pocket. Because he doesn't have to run unless he wants to run. And we've seen what he can do with his legs. The guy is way, way underrated for his running uh, ability. And I think, again, through a fantasy football aspect, draft this dude. Him, Musgrave, Watson, Dobbs, they are falling. And these guys could be a top 10 offense, if not top five. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
3: Um, all right, we've got two new members. We've got True Bruce Steve, member of the PTA Posse. Welcome to the crew, man. And we've got Doug, a new member. Appreciate you guys supporting the stream. We'll make sure we get your names into that drawing. And, again, we're going to do that um, on uh, week one post game show we're immediately following the Packers Bears game. We're going to spin the wheel. Everybody who are current members of the YouTube channel and the PTA posse, we're uh, we're going to uh, put your name on that wheel, spin that thing live on the air, and give that autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey away. It's actually this exact jersey right here. Okay, it's just. I've, I've got two of them. The other one is completely packaged up still from PristineAuctions.com. It actually comes with a certificate of authenticity, all that good stuff. So it's a, it's a nice piece of memorabilia for sure. It's a, the Beckett style jersey. So, all right, let's get ready to get out of here. Um, Let's see here. Anything else in the chat we want to hit on? Let's give this one right here a shot. Doug says new member. Doug says getting a whole team line running backs and wide receivers to pass block like that is a hell of a coaching job. Completely agree. And, it's it's kind of what Ryan's talked about on his podcast that they seem to uh, they seem to be really keyed in on pass blocking. That's top priority on this team, and and I think sometimes I've mentioned this when I watch the tape with the run blocking, it's not great. Don't get me wrong, but I think when you run a, a uh, an outside zone blocking scheme like they do, I think it's probably a little bit more difficult for PFF to grade that as opposed to a gap scheme, uh, you know, running game. So I think a little bit of that comes into play as well. So. And Cheesehead Murph says, welcome to the posse, good people. Cheesehead Murph and Eric Sutherland. Um, obviously, Eric, it's so good to see you in here, buddy. Glad everything's going better, um, getting that mess cleaned up and all that stuff with the weather. I believe it was weather, if I remember correctly, reading the reading the comment. But uh, Eric Sutherland and Cheesehead Murph are actually, um, they're on the Mount Rushmore for the PTA posse, man. They were the, the very first uh, two members um, Murph, to, the, uh, to the YouTube group. So we really appreciate you guys supporting from the get-go. All right. Let's get out of here. Parting thoughts. Tim, you got anything, Bob?
0: Uh, Yeah, just real quick to touch on what we just talked about there. Um, Pass protection by committee. That's that's what we're seeing here. And we're seeing an entire offense that's rallying around basically saying, nobody's touching our quarterback. It's not going to happen. We saw several plays yesterday. Well, not several, but a couple where Jay Love had 45 minutes to throw the ball in that pocket. And it wasn't there guys, you know, it, it, you can't. sometimes you don't get open or sometimes you get too open and you're off in no man's land and there was nowhere to go with the football. And instead of going to the sidelines and chucking it out of bounds, he tucked it and he made it happen with his feet to your point, Jacob, when he wants to, or when he absolutely has to, he, he can run. So that's refreshing, man. That's my, my parting thoughts, Pass protection by committee this year in title town. So go pack. Go.
4: Got
3: it. it. Jacob, any any parting thoughts?
4: Well, yeah, I just had some notes again from the LaFleur conference that I can breeze through real quick. He said, no 53 definitions until Tuesday, probably most likely. Stokes on puppy says he can't say for sure. Jair has has said that he has actively been trying to get into Jordan Love's head. He said him and Razul have been trying to get really chippy, very, very aggressive, and they've said that they have nothing to show for it. They have no – cracks in his armor that that to me makes just it, it's just really great to see uh matt Lafleur was asked that by a reporter on stage and he goes man i didn't know that that was actually happening he goes but now that he said it like that's that I, I can kind of understand that and then uh benny sap guys uh, his reaction to the big play his his interview just, <laughs> uh, he he just seems like a packer and did i would you be that, did you see that cat damn
3: did you see him jump up
2: there yeah, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, i love but, it This show benny, sucks so bad i love it dude
4: <laughs> benny, i would be surprised i would not be surprised if benny sap is a random weird like if he makes it on i saw his interview the guy just seems ridiculously humble ridiculously like grateful and he seems just like a packer through and through and he seems like he has a little bit of a uh, of that dog in him so uh that being said also matt lafleur talked about how this time of year is not it's it's his least favorite time of year, but at the same time, it's his most favorite because he has fifty three guys that he's trying to mold into like a wonderful team that they're going to spend the next you know half year together growing and fighting and doing all this kind of stuff. And at the same time, he's got thirty guys that he's grown to be.
5: Can you
3: get
0: out here, please?
3: Get. I love it. Look.
4: It's stuck. I don't know. What the hell
5: is this?
0: I don't know. What's what's is, what's this is name? why Clayton's a dog person.
4: I have a pickle. Should I, eat this? <laughs> I don't know why I got it, but he said it's that time of year that they can't they can't cut guys, and when they do, it's it's like they're cutting their family members, and that's that's just really it, it hit me. i remember I, last year I was like a you know these seventh round draft pick kind of people. Are you freaking serious, dude? Are you serious? Right. Oh
3: no, we suck He's- again. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And then he talks about Jimmy's pad. Anyways, it's over. He he's he, decided Aguara because that's a Josiah Aguara signed jersey there. Oh my god, I love it, dude! I absolutely love it. Game <laughs> issue now.
0: What's that, Tim? What'd you say, man? I a game issued Daguara jersey now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Damn oh, it! Oh man,
2: All right,
3: guys, we're out of here. I apologize. We suck. It's just hey, it is what it is. This is what you get, man. Sorry. We we're not changing it either. It's just the way it's going to be. All <laughs> in Coward,
5: everybody had
4: cats. What's that? All in Coward wish he had cats in the background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: Look, Richard in the chat says, Save the cats. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get out of here again. want to give a, a special shout out to the new YouTube members of, of the PTA posse. We got Tom Spalding, Garrett Stritzel. True Brew Steve and Doug, appreciate you guys supporting the stream. We'll get your name into the hat for uh, or on the wheel to to spin there week one for that Autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. You guys are awesome. Thanks to everybody in the chat, man. i tell you what, you can have the worst day possible. You can fall asleep in the float and almost get killed in a, in a lightning storm in your pool and hop in here and talk football with you guys, and, and you always brighten the day for sure. So thanks to everybody in here. Also want to give a special shout-out and thanks to everyone listening on the pod making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go pack
2: up. The power sweep, actually, is the it's the lead play in our in our offense. You come the tackle, you take the defensive end if he's over him. The linebacker drive down the first man inside. You pull back and come in, take the first man outside, John. No one on You're right by them and field inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. The YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play where we'll we're trying to get him to seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.